What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to 2023 of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. And it is not just Blaine Spencer no more. I want to officially welcome Joseph Ciccoletti as my new co-host to the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. You know, man, it's Jordan's year. We had to start off right. And this is incredible stuff, man. I'm so happy to be here, ready to talk some sports, ready to have a good time here on the final whistle. It's going to be a blast. Joe, why don't you give my people a bit of a background about yourself, just a hot second now. I know you did your own podcast for a little while, so why don't you talk about what you've been doing in the field and, you know, I've been basically begging this past month, so. <laughs> um, you know, me, just a big sports ecstatic person here. Uh, I am a collegiate golfer. At one point I was, so I do uh, know my way around the golf course a little bit here and there. But I uh, enjoy sports, love watching every single kind. Uh, catch me in front of the TV, especially now during the fall. Uh, come Saturday, Sunday, Monday, even Thursdays, even though those games are shit most of the time. But we're still sitting there. We're still watching the games. Um, tune into basketball, all Philadelphia, except, except football team. I am a Falcons fan, but I'll cover the East Coast while Blaine covers the West Coast. We love that. What a what an introduction. <laughs> The collegiate golfer, and I, I have played golf with this man, so he is actually a legit golfer, people. And I, me, on the other hand, we all know that I fucking suck. So <laughs> <laughs> without further ado, I mean, Joe, I know this was supposed to be like a fun and exciting show, but unfortunately, last night uh, kind of took a table to the turn with that. And we're going to have to kind of start on a solemn note here to open up the show. And that is with our thoughts and prayers going out to DeMar Hamblin. Um, ended up having a cardiac arrest last night in the Monday night football game with the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals. If my following, if you has, have not seen that yet, it is disturbing to watch. If you watch the entire videos, CPR is administered and caught for like severe CPR, like as someone who worked, who has to teach CPR to students, like that is the utmost that you can get of like, they're pretty much was almost try them trying to break his rib cage almost by how much impact and force they were trying to utilize to get his airways and heart pumping again. Um, and for, right now he's in critical condition at, uh, in Cincinnati, our thoughts and prayers are go with him. It's just a scary sight to see. And the biggest thing that I want to get across to Joe is that we may be sports. We're not sports gurus, or at least we think we are, but I, I would say we're not. Um, but this is not just, it's bigger than us. You know what I mean? These guys are going out, risking their lives day in, day out as athletes to go entertain us. So I think this was something that needs to just be transcended. And like people, we scream at the TV. We sometimes will say, hey, you suck. And I said it a lot to Carson Wentz on TV on Sunday. So, <laughs> but 
just a sad, sad something, sad something to see. And all we can do is pray for him. Yeah, man. T's and P's to uh, Mr. Hamlin, his family. Um, wild that his parents were like in the stadium with him. Um, they even like waited for the ambulance afterwards for them to get in there. Just uh, I'd be devastated as a parent seeing your child collapse on the football field, let alone almost, you know, cardiac arrest, almost dying. It seems like at one point. Um, but yeah, T's and P's to them. Shout out to the first, like the responders right there, the medical staff to just jump on that immediately and uh, try to do their best to uh, keep the situation contained as best as they can do while on the field. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was wild to watch because I was, I, I was tuned into the game. You know, it's probably one of the biggest games of the NFL career. I think a lot of people were tuned into this game and uh I remember just sitting there and I just watched a hit and it kind of just looked like a regular hit, like nothing out of the sort. And they were like, all right, we're going to injury timeout. I'm, okay. Somebody just got injured. It's, you know, the name of the game here. You know, these guys are warriors out there and uh, you're going to see injuries, you know, every time you see it get on a football field. But this one, I was like, all right, it's an injury. Then they come back from commercial break and they got the ambulance out there. And granted, like as a guy that watches the NFL, the ambulance doesn't come out one too many times um unless it's like a severe injury um but when the ambulance came out and then they panned to josh allen and stefan diggs crying i'm like all right something's really 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 serious is going on then joe buck said something about cpr for eight to nine minutes and uh you know as a guy i just know that if you have cpr more than five minutes you're in like danger zone essentially um so it's just – it was unbelievable situation that, you know, we just kind of never expected to happen. The last time we saw something like this was, like, Ryan Shazier that was even semi-close to that. Um, but, yeah, man, T's and P's to him and his family, um, his friends, everybody there. Just, uh, you know, it's been, the NFL, you know, as much as we love it, it's a business. But, you know, in the end, it's he's a human being. You know, you got to give some credit to him and uh, give some prayers out to him. Absolutely. And I think you raise a good point. Like, this isn't something that, like, I know cardiac arrest is something that is kind of, that's a lower thing, but like Brian Shazier. Um, but this is something that ESPN has caught now twice in the last year and a half. Like, if, if you guys remember the Euros from 2021 in the summer, Christian Erickson had that throw in and he literally went into cardiac arrest after taking two steps on the field, just something extremely similar, just like whatever emotions and adrenaline and something just happened in that sheer moment that put him into cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. and Wasn't the there another that, guy too that played in college basketball last year, two years ago that also yeah, like collapsed on the court? Florida, Florida. Cause, and we thought that was more COVID related, but they sent, figured out that was not I mm -hmm. think if I remember correctly the Florida basketball player he's now back so if you're a Buffalo Bills fan and just a football fan like this is not potentially the end for DeMar Hamlin we've seen two athletes already come back from this and still perform at the highest level I mean is is it a long and strenuous road without question but um, all we can do is give our thoughts and prayers to them but 
and hope nothing but the best. And hopefully we get some good news soon because the only update we have is that he's in critical condition still. So that's the best we can relay to you guys. Hopefully we will know more sooner rather than later. So yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. All right. Now let's hop into arguably the greatest college football playoff that has taken place. My Lord, I was on the edge of my seat. I was trashed. I was drunk. I was yelling at it. I was never been more intense to watch a goddamn college football game. My Wi-Fi went out at one point, so I'm streaming it on TikTok to watch the freaking end of the Georgia-Ohio State game. <laughs> my mom's screaming at me to put on New Year's Eve, the countdown for the East Coast. And midnight strikes. And Noah Ruggles shakes one for Ohio State for the Georgia Bulldogs to escape. 42-41 rallying from I think it was 11 points in the in the four, in the final eight minutes or so roughly and then in the semifinal before that fireworks TCU Michigan like these two games were unprecedented let alone that you would hope to get one of these games just all year in college football you get two back to back. Joseph, just walk me through what you watched. An unbelievable performance. I mean, first off, T's and P's, we were saying that all day. T's and P's to the guy that had the under in the TCU and Ohio State game because that got blown out <laughs> in, like, the first quarter. Um, but, no, it was incredible games to watch, incredible performance. Um, yeah, here on the East Coast, the ball dropped, and the ball missed wide left for Ohio State, too. And as a Penn State homer, Love seeing Michigan and Ohio State go down. Big fan. I love it. Um, I was shocked about TCU, though. I really didn't expect them to, like, do the way they did. Like, they look good. When you think of a Big 12 team, I, I sometimes, like, all right, you're like, yeah, they're good, but, like, they never come through. They never pull through. Like, it's always SEC, SEC, SEC. Nah, not today. TCU came out and balled out. That kid, I don't I, – what's his name? Williams? The court, uh, the wide receiver, excuse me, from TCU. Um, oh, the wide receiver. Oh, I know or the Johnson. He's Quinn Johnson, to go. baby. Quinn Johnson, absolute bucket. Oh, man can play. We saw some wide receiver performance on, Saturday, on um, Sunday, excuse me. It was incredible stuff. I mean, between him, he's supposed to go top 10 in the NFL draft. And next year, with Marvin Harrison Jr. going off, too, it was incredible performance at the wide receiver position. Yeah, before he got hurt, he, Marvin Harrison was lighting it up before that uh, controversial no-targeting call. In the end yeah. There. You're going to see a lot of guys from those two games. You're going to see a lot of them on Sunday next year. I guarantee it. Oh, my goodness. And the biggest thing, like, I mean, kudos to TCU. Two picks, sixes for touchdowns. They were – but Michigan, like, honestly, if you're a Michigan Wolverine fan, you are throwing up because you gave TCU that game every way imaginable. The refs didn't help you. I'm not going to lie that there was a couple of questionable calls by these that officiating crew. But what do you do? Picks, you get down to the one-yard line. You run Philly special from the fourth and one? What are you doing? Michigan, you're known for your grounding and pounding. You run Philly special, lose 10 yards. Then you throw a pick six. 
Then the next drive, or not the next drive, but they were going in for a score again after they picked off Duggan from TCU. I mean, the official did spot the ball completely incorrect, like off by like at least three or four yards. Like that was bad. But then you, all right. Arguably, I would say that play to was a touchdown that went to, um, oh crap, what's his name? To Wilson on that touchdown. Mm-hmm. But come on, like you can't, you fumble at the inch line on the very next play. Like, what are you doing? There was so many miscues from a Michigan standpoint that like if they didn't, if they played a clean football game, they win by double digits. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I agree. That's the whole point of why we play the game, right? That's why we play the game. Exactly. And lights out. Duggan was absolutely spectacular. And the only way TCU was going to beat Michigan was that they had to get somehow be a front runner when they've been a team that has been the cardiac comeback kids all year long. And they got the front runner. They held on late. Just like outstanding football. And then like on the other side of the Ohio State, Georgia game like Ohio State you laid an egg too like George your dude falls down for that big touchdown late in the fourth quarter for Georgia mm-hmm. so many, they settled for field goals when they had the opportunity to get touchdowns I mean CJ Stroud man hey I have this thing about against Ohio State quarterbacks but you were an absolute bucket Saturday night and he looked good, play, man. He like, looked good. Really showcased something that we didn't see, and that's his mobility as a runner. Like, he, you hadn't seen that in his entire career so far. And he was like, all right, I'll show you what I got for the next level. I mean, he just basically said, yo, I'm the number one pick next year, boy. So. I, I See, unreal. for me, like, I, I look at these games sometimes as, like, a lot of NFL draft prospects. You know, I'm looking at the – the guy the star guy how's he doing these big games yeah 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 he comes out this year so you know Stroud looked good right had a big game at over 300 yards four touchdowns um QBR was up there in the 90s I believe too but uh the number one overall projected pick Bryce Young looked good though um, he threw a bucket oh, pass. Man, that, game, that game, I think he played before them too. Oh, good Lord. He looked good. Um, but I've got to get back to the college football. Um, there was a lot of talent, like I said out there. Marvin Harrison Jr. next year is going to be incredible. Um, and even on the Georgia side, there's that defense is still – I know they gave 41 points, I know that. But there's still some dogs on there. Like Jalen Carter is going to be a beast in the NFL. He had a good game. Um Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia, is supposed to go top 10. And uh, he actually shut down Marvin Harrison uh, before Marvin Harrison got a, got hurt from that targeting call, which was a clear targeting call. Clear I don't know how it wasn't. Um, but uh, he, he shut him down. I believe it was like when he covered him, he was one for five for like 12 yards. So good, good numbers for Ringo there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, that was an electric game. Like Georgia with the comeback. Uh, Stenson, the old man himself, what's he like 26 years old? Yo, he's orange, bro, he's orange out there playing with little kids, <laughs> bro. He's about to apply for like AARP soon. I'm not gonna lie to you, but <laughs> it's incredible stuff. Like, I, I don't understand how this man, him and Sean Clifford, have been with their team for so long. It's unbelievable stuff, man. 
It really. Hey, I don't know how the hey, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's about one of those. We just landed the apparently unofficially landed the Wake Forest transfer Hartman, who's been lighting it up for Wake Forest. He's going to be like twenty five coming to Notre Dame. Oh, like hey. yeah, it's all good and dandy, but like, what's that going to do for you in your drafting? Like, you're not going to go nowhere. Like, no, nobody's going to want you. It hurts their stock because they have no. They have no ceiling now at this point because you know what they're going to get at this age. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants a Brandon Whedon again, you know? Oh, Brandon <laughs> Whedon. Sorry. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, Monday night, it's going to be incredible stuff again. You got Georgia. You got TCU. Two dogs you, going at it. Got? Who do you got? I mean, like I said. I was are, you riding, are you riding the horn, tr- horn frog train? Are you hopping on? Look, I'll tell you what. They look good. They look good, they look hey. good versus Michigan. Yo, and spread I, is 14. Yo, if look, you take horn frogs outright, big payday. Huge. I, <laughs> look, I like the horn frogs. They look good. Their offense is electric, right? They play. They play awesome ball. And you know what? I still can't go against the SEC in Georgia, baby. So I'm going Georgia. I'll lay the 14 points. I'm all in for it. Give it to me. Lay, like they're and Georgia's gonna dump Georgia's gonna dump on them. It's gonna be unbelievable to watch. They're gonna, you're taking Georgia minus 14. Yeah. Folks, you might be in bed by 10 30 because it's gonna be over. Eastern Standard Time, of course. Yikes. I mean. All right, all right. I'm taking TCU to cover the spread. All right. <laughs> Honestly, I might do. I might. I might shoot you a text and be like, "Hey, uh, give me the adjustment to the 14 and a half. I've got them losing by 14." <laughs> yeah, man. I, I like. I like the dogs, man. The dogs are gonna. They're. They're just unstoppable, man. They're 14 and 0 for a reason. Kirby's pulling a Saban right now, making his own dynasty down there in Atlanta. He really is. <laughs> See, I don't like, I don't like that the word dynasty, especially for Georgia, because here's the reason why. why. They've now been in, they've been there now the last five years. Here's the reason why, because Clemson was in that same boat, right? Oh, Clemson, they're done. But now they're done, right? They like fell off the face of the earth. You have no idea what they're doing. They they get guys out of, into the NFL. Don't get me wrong. Like they're gonna have two, probably two top five guys um, on their defensive line, but. Like, Saban every year is there. Yes, this year he did not make it to the playoffs. But, like, every year he has that team in the top ten no matter what. No matter what. So, I can't consider that a dynasty per se. Yeah, I just – I can't do that yet. I mean, they're the best team all year, Georgia. For me – I mean, it hasn't really been close. And they really – Honestly, they haven't even gotten out of second gear this year until that literally the second half of the, of last Saturday. Like they were honestly kind of going through the motions on Saturday for oh. like that first half until they realized like, oh shit, we're actually about to lose this game. That's fair. That's fair. I like for me when I think of a dynasty, you think of the New England Patriots from like 2000 to 2018, right? Right, right, right. right. Or you got to give some credit. Golden State Warriors, you know, they did have that incredible run. Like, and basketball is a lot tougher than football, I, I, you know, in terms of 
you know, getting back and winning and winning and winning because anything can happen. Anything can happen in football. Don't get me wrong. But when you got Tom Brady at the helm, like, you'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, it, it, those are – those, to me, are dynasties. I can't consider Georgia right now a dynasty. Right, right, right. No, it's a fair argument. Fair, fair, fair. I mean, I think we're both in agreement that the dogs are hoisting another one going back to back. But so, I, I mean, they're, they're legit. All right. So, there's two spots left, Joe, in the playoffs for the National Football League. Two spots left. The seven seed in both conferences are available. Let's let's run through who are the teams that have a chance here to make it. In the AFC, right now New England holds the seven spot at eight and eight, and it's going to be between the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers. Good Lord, how has Pittsburgh gotten themselves back into the conversation is beyond me. Kenny Pickett, baby. Kenny Pickett, baby. And on the NFC side, it is Seattle holding the spot now at eight and eight with Detroit and Green Bay tied at eight and eight. So for Green Bay, but Green Bay actually holds the advantage in the NFC. If Green Bay wins, they're in. So, cause they'll hold tiebreakers over the, the Seahawks. And then it's, I think it's, uh, I believe it's New England holds the tiebreakers over Miami and Pittsburgh. If New England wins, they're in. So it's extremely fascinating. Doesn't seem like Tua's going to play this week from what uh, Coach McDaniel's looking like. Uh, he said he's not really in the conversation to be the starting quarterback, which I think is the correct decision with the amount of concussions he's already had this year. Great. Um, so who gets the final spots? Who are you taking? Let's go AFC first. Who you got? Um. It's gonna be a tough one here to say. Dude, I like the I like the Steelers. God damn it! I was gonna say the Steelers. <laughs> I like the Steelers. I, I really, I really do. I like they're playing hot. They're playing good ball. Um, I, I, I don't think New England has really a chance. Um, because they got they're they're at Buffalo. Buffalo is really gonna have some fire under their ass this week. Oh, you know that. Fun. They're going to be playing for DeMar the rest of the year, so. Correct. Like, they – I wouldn't be shocked if they win by, like, 30 this week. Like, it's going to be an – it's going to be outstanding game to watch because Josh Allen's going to have an MVP performance. Um, now, now the issue – now, the thing is, is this, because you got Tua out and Teddy Bridgewater is also out this week. Because he, he broke, out? Yeah, he broke a finger. He broke a finger, I believe, in his throwing um, hand. So, with that – you are now starting with Skylar Thompson, I believe it is. Skylar Thompson. Um, not the biggest fan. Now, can they beat the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Yeah, there's a chance. There is a chance. Sure. But cocaine slinger Mike White is back, baby. He's winning games. He wins games. So Miami oh, loses this game. <laughs> Miami loses this game. And then it comes down to the, it comes down to Steelers. And then with that being said, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett's hot right now. Najee Harris is getting going. TJ Watt feeling good. The defense is looking good. And they're playing Cleveland, dude. I mean, look, granted, Deshaun Watson did look good in the second half against Washington. 
But I don't oh, think shit. I knew you were trying to get that in, you little shit. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think Pittsburgh is going to be slides in. And again, it just adds to Mike Tomlin's resume and why he's one of the best coaches to ever coach. He gets this team to nine and eight. Again, another above 500 year. He slides into the playoffs for a guy, or excuse me, a team that you didn't expect to make the playoffs. You did not expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to make the playoffs at all. You know it. And they know. I had them finishing last in their division. I had them winning five games. <laughs> like, with that being said, and the fact that Mike Tomlin has these guys in a chance to make the playoffs is speaking volumes to me. Because at first they started with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Mitch Trubisky. Get yeah, the hell out of here. You gotta go with Kenny up front. You gotta give Kenny two gloves the ball. <laughs> He's finally got himself settled in. He's working the ball down the field. And that run game, that's the key with the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they could run the ball with Najee Harris and get five to six yards a carry, they're yeah. golden. They looked great against the Ravens. I know it was against Tyler Huntley, but they looked good against the Ravens. That defense looked good. And the one thing about Kenny Pickett that he's shown, he's got it when they need it the most in the fourth quarter. I think he's already got two, what, two in the last three weeks, game-winning drives? Yep. Yep. Showcasing that he has it. And like you said, Najee Harris is finally, they found a way to get him going, not just in the run game, but in the pass game too. And then with those, with George Pickens has come on, defensively, Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt hold it down all the time. I'm, I got I to gotta ride with you. Just the way that everything's shaped up in these last couple of days. Like, honestly, if Buffalo wins last night, i probably take the Patriots because I don't think Buffalo will play their guys. I really didn't think they would. So I'd maybe uh, take I don't know if they would do that yet because they're still fighting for that first overall. It would have been close. He may, they might have not have played him the entire game, though. Might have been a half. Well, yeah. They're, I mean, they still want to win the game because the Chiefs yeah, yeah. have the same record as them right now. Um, Tiebreakers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You get all that mixy jumbo stuff in there. But, yeah, I don't know. But, like I said, I like the Steelers. But if Miami does sneak in, you might have a potential matchup of Kansas City versus Miami, and Tyreek Hill is going to have a game. Oh, shootout galore. I, 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 if Tua can play, you know, God willing, his health's good, it's going to be a game, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. So that game will be first one to 50 wins. Woo-wee. Going to be a, like a Mexico City game from a couple years ago. Damn straight. All right. NFC-wise. Green Bay and Detroit. I would never say that I would think the Detroit Lions were flexed into the Sunday night game with all of it on the table. But they need a Seattle Seahawks loss. Right? I think it's what it is because Seattle yeah. beat Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Head to head. But and, all, yeah, I yeah. Can say, all I can say is who does Seattle play? Do they play? Seattle has the Rams. Shit, the Packers are going to get in. Fuck. <laughs> Otherwise, honestly, I well, I, did, I, I thought the Seahawks had San Fran again, 
because I knew it was NFC West. I just didn't – I honestly thought it was San Fran. So that's on me. So I was like, all right, Seattle loses. And then I'm riding with the fighting Dan Campbells, baby. <laughs> but, nope, because Seattle's got the Rams. Seattle wins. Detroit's already eliminated by that night. So Green Bay is going to get it done. So, God damn it. Aaron's going to show up. <laughs> I mean – as much as I want Green Bay, like, I mean, as much as, like, the betting man, me, would take Green Bay, I'm rooting the hell out of Detroit, man. I am rooting for the hell out of them. They help, man. They need Baker to show up. Yeah, they do. Oh, man. And plus they're home. Like, the 12th man's going to be for real. Um, I mean, same thing with the Steelers, though, right? Yeah, you didn't expect – in Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same thing with the Steelers. You did not expect the Seattle Seahawks to have a chance to make the playoffs this year. Or Detroit. None of them. Yeah, I know. Nah, Green Bay, I kind of thought they were going to make the playoffs. Well, Green Bay, I had in. I had them win the division. I didn't think Detroit or Seattle would be in the conversation. Though. Yeah. So the fact is that Seattle themselves has a chance to make the playoffs has potentially found a quarterback for at least two years, hopefully. Um, oh, yeah. Their defense looks good, too. I, you got to give some credit to Seattle. They're in a really good prime spot. I talked to a lot of my folks um, about Seattle and how they are set up, not only this year, but for future years now, with uh, what happened in Denver that transpired there, that Russell Wilson still uh, has more toilets in his house than uh, passing touchdowns. But that's another less. Uh, Seattle, man, good for them. You know, they're going to have a top five pick. They might be able to make the playoffs and still probably have their first round pick. They can get snagged two good players, man. Like, they're, they're in really good shape. But yeah, yeah I'm rooting for What's that? They're on the come up. Yeah, I mean, good for that. I didn't I expect think Gino, Gino's shown that they don't need a quarterback. No, no, man. I mean, Gina's gonna get Gina's Gina's gonna get paid. Now, question goes right back to you because I gotta ask you this: Do you think Jared Goff deserves a contract now extension with Detroit Lions? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not a full extension, but I think he he's earned Gino type money. I think him and Gino have shown. Like honestly, Jared wasn't that bad last year. If you actually go back into his numbers. They weren't awful. He was just leading a very bad football team. Like, so if you're a Detroit Lions, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Detroit has a probably top five to top seven pick this year, right? So you're not taking a quarterback? No, I'm not. I completely disagree. I think they should take a quarterback still. You will never so you be at this position again. Seattle doesn't need one, but Detroit does. Yes. What do you mean Jared Goff has had a literally a Pro Bowl year? I don't care. I don't care. Give me a quarterback that you know is young. Those numbers are almost identical. No. Good Lord. You got me falling off my couch right now. Good Lord. Give me give me that if you have that high of a draft pick and you expect to be as good or better now from years to come, Jared Goff sure. cannot lead you this team there. You need a future franchise quarterback. And may not that may not be Bryce Love, but that damn well could be CJ Stroud. So would you all right? So if, now I'm thinking, okay, let's look at this now both ways. Because now Seattle will have a top five pick too. Would you have both of them go quarterback and bridge it for a year and then go with their younger guy the next year? Um 
I would keep both of them on. I, I see where you're going with it. I disagree. Like, I mean, Goff and Gino literally fit their systems perfectly for how they want to play football. And honestly, you can make you can make the argument Goff has less weapons than Gino does. I agree. Goff has a better offensive line, though. That's fair. Goff has a better offensive line. And I do think Goff fits the scheme that Dan Campbell wants to run Perfectly. very well. Perfectly. I do. I do Almost think reminiscent of him with McVay when they went to the Super Bowl. All right, don't get ahead of yourself now, okay? <laughs> You're compared to Sean McVay. going to the Super Bowl, but it's reminiscent. It's got the same type of style. But if you're Detroit Lions, you're drafting the quarterback this year. You take C.J. Stroud. He ain't going to be there. I don't think he'll be get there. I don't think he'll be there. You take C.J. Stroud. And you, or if not, you take Will Levies because that dude got an arm too. One of them dudes will lead you better than Jared freaking Goff. He just steals money from the Detroit Lions right now. No, get out of here. Get out of here. At least Gino is winning good games, valuable games. And if they make the playoffs and they win a game, that's incredible stuff right there. Gino, Gino Smith out of West Virginia. Incredible stuff, man. <laughs> you got to love to see. You got to love to see. But, you know, to get no! back to it. <laughs> you, you, we'll get back to it, though. Um, Green Bay. For me, I think it's the one that's going to be in still. I, I think Green Bay wins it versus Detroit um, in Lambeau. No snow projected right now. Um, I just checked the weather forecast. Well, I just checked I just checked the weather forecast. I got uh, Green Bay's guy on 411 or whatever that shit's called. You got, a, and, you got a, the cheesehead meteorologist on, uh, on speed dial? Yeah, yeah. He called me up and says there's no Swiss cheese coming, so uh, all clear, all clear. And, uh, yeah, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers going to lead his way in. Now, now let's talk about this, right? Green Bay slides in at the seven. Those are gonna get San Fran. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that, we don't know who. We don't really know what's gonna go on in that top three, right? The only thing we know for sure is that Dallas will be playing Tampa Bay. Okay, which? Oh, you got the birds winning this week. Oh well, yeah. Actually, you're right. I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I think the Birds do win this week because uh, – I don't think the Giants will play their guys this week. Correct, yeah. If, if you're the Giants, you're going to play it smart. You're going to play it smart, and uh, you're not going to play your guys this week. Give them the week off. Take rest. Uh, get yourself prepared and uh, get healthy and let the Giants roll because if you let the Giants roll – or, excuse me, let the Eagles roll, Eagles get the one. It is what it is. You move along. But uh, but then that kind of gives you an idea, like, all right, hey, we're going to either be playing San Fran or we're going to be playing Minnesota, right? You kind of got a good idea. You get Minnesota, that's a winnable football game. It, the Barry, it, look, I'm all in on San Fran. I still think San Fran, even with Brock Purdy, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I said, watch out. Brock Purdy can be replaced in this system, and he's been balling out. He did. Balling out. So watch out for San Fran. They have a dangerous team right now. Uh, Samuel's coming back soon. They got a great offensive line. CMC is the best running back in the league, no doubt about it. So he's going to go off. And their defense is playing out Sandy Ball, even though they got torched last week. But that is what it is. It happens. 
Yeah, you know, it's Devontae Adams. He's the number one wide receiver for me in the league. I don't really care what you say, but he's number one wide receiver for me. What are you going to say? Is Derek Dunn in Vegas? Oh, you want to get in this talk? All right, here we go. Hey, no, Derek see, Carr. Now, see, now that you went down to Vegas, I mean, if, if Derek leaves, Devontae's got to hold out because the whole reason he went to Vegas in the first place was to go play with his boy. You're right. So we were. I was talking today, actually, with a fine fellow folk of myself and another buddy of mine, and I said, Derek Carr leaves the Raiders, right? Where do you think he goes? Besides the Jets, because everybody is on the Jets. I get it. Fine. The Jets, Jets, Jets. But what's one team you think he could go? If Washington fires goddamn Scott Turner, he can happily come to Washington. Oh, my God. Freaking Washington. You know, I got a Washington. Hold on. Think about Washington, Blake. I got a saying from you from Thomas Fuller from 1732. We were born crying. We lived complaining. And we died disappointed. I think you live disappointed too, as a Washington commander. Oh fan. my God. At this last month has been absolute torture. That's all I can say. <laughs> Honestly, like we controlled our own destiny. All we had to do was beat. We tied. We lost to the Giants. We lose to the Browns. And who who we play the week before? This wasn't the Giants. Did you play Giants? Wasn't Giants? We played the Giants twice. We tied, yeah, you and we lost. you tied the Giants, and then uh, give a pie. We lost to somebody else in between the Giants and Browns game. Sorry. Minnesota? No. Maybe we only played those three games. I don't know. But all I can say is that we controlled our own oh, destiny. Sam oh, Fran. Sam Fran. Niners, yeah. I mean, these last four weeks have been really miserable. All right, let's not get in depressing mode here, all right, right there, buddy. Let's get back to Derek Carr. (laughs) Go back to Derek Carr. (laughs) Absolutely, Derek Carr talk. So you said Washington's kind of your point, I guess, right? I mean, at this point, Washington is just like the Indianapolis Colts. We pick up a veteran quarterback, and they just get worse and worse when we get there. So that's all I can say about it. All right, fair enough. I would say not Washington. Uh, I'm trying to think, but to, honestly, for Derek, there's not much out there right now. That's the problem. You know what? Actually, I would send his butt to Nashville. Uh, okay. I, not a big fan like, of it, but okay. I think the Titans would work. I think mm. the Titans would work. I don't like it. I'm going to tell you the truth. Not a big fan of it. I didn't really think about them, but mine, to tell you the truth, but it's more of another prediction, too. I think Tom Brady's out of Tampa Bay and he goes to Tampa Bay. I think Tom Brady's retiring, so I mean, if you're if you're Tampa Bay and Brady leaves of any sorts, retires, goes to a different team, whatever the That's sort may be. Move. I actually like that. They're well, but they're a team that like they're built for now. Like, they're not built for the future right now. Like, they have to win now with the team kind of they have. And Carr's going to have an immense amount of weapons now if he goes there with Evans and Godwin, probably the most he's ever had. Um, right. Good, A decent run game in the backfield. 
the offensive line, once it gets healthy, will be at least a top 15, top 20 unit. Um, a lot better than what he had with the Raiders. And their defense is just beat up. Like, they just have a crap ton of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, like, for some reason, he just fits so perfectly with Tampa Bay if, if Brady leaves. Can't believe it. I kind of like it. <laughs> hey, me. hey, that's just what it is. But yeah, Mike Evans, Godwin, their line sucks though, man. They need to rework that entire offensive line if he wants to. Step, if he wants to be their guy. Yeah, they're just a little beat up. I mean, they're, in Vegas, they can't block. Yeah, yeah, they're beat up. They're beat up right now. I mean, that's just what it is. Like Jets has been out almost all year. Um, I believe they lost a guard too. Um, in training camp, if I'm not mistaken. So they're just beat up. They're beat up. But, like, this offseason is going to be absolutely nuts with the quarterback carousel that's about to happen. Like, I don't think people are prepared for this. Oh, 100%. Like, you're at the moment where, like, Derek Carr might be – Derek Carr might be gone, right? Tom Brady may retire. Aaron Rodgers may be gone. And now, if not – what is Jordan Love going to do? Is he going to be out? Is he going to want out? Like, what's going to go on with that situation? Um, what goes on in San Fran, right? Like, Jimmy G's probably the one that's out, I guess. But, like... Like, who do you bench? Yeah. Like, what do you decide there? No, if Kirk um, takes him to the Super Bowl, like, he ain't going to be... He ain't going to get benched for Lance... I don't Lance could Lance be the could Lance be the odd man out? Like then you go down, you're still staying in the state of California. What could happen with Baker? Baker's been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Like, does he get a job somewhere else? He's probably gonna stay as the backup in LA. Okay. Um, you know, what happens in Cleveland? No one for everyone forgets about Jacoby Brissett. He played very I like well. I like him. He's a very adequate – I think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. Okay. That's that's pretty fair. I, I mean, I'm say, not going to sit here. Say, I would say he's – I'd say he's lower tier starter, but he's yeah. a bridge – absolutely a definition bridge quarterback if you're looking yeah. for somebody. I agree. Um, you know, what happens – Down to Houston if they don't take Young number, Bryce Young number one possibility that's definitely a possibility Houston doesn't take a quarterback yeah um you know then then you have guys kind of like what's going to go on with Zach Wilson what goes on with Mike White what goes on with Carson Wentz what goes on with Taylor Heineke you know like you have guys like that which I don't think those guys can start but they might be able to compete in training camp and maybe get a starting job in terms of like working and working your way through there you know, and then you got guys like who's been on the bench pretty much all year, Jameis Winston. Like, Jameis is still a pretty decent quarterback. I think he's still the starter in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are like, well, you know, like, are they going to be released? What's going to go on with them? What's going to happen? A lot of that's going to happen this offseason. I'm excited for it. No, it's going to be fascinating. Extremely fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see how everything gets approached because now, like you just laid out, there's so many different guys looking for a job now that start in this offseason. Yep. So it's going to be really fascinating to look, look into that. All right, Joe, let's go into the final segment. 
we're calling this a new game here on the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. You know, it's, we've just happily celebrated the new year. We're in 2020. Absolutely. It's our Jordan year. Um, if you had to make one New Year's resolution in any type of sport, what would you do? New Year's resolution, any type of sport. Come back to me. Why don't you go first? All right, I'll go back. I'll, I've got one. This is okay. this this got me the wrong way this past week. College football, you idiots, get rid of that goddamn two point conversion crap in the third overtime. Let them play the game out like normal human beings. <laughs> go get rid of this resolution that you put in two years ago that you wanted to shorten the game and protect these kids. All right, you're ruining the game. Kansas Arkansas was 55-53. And a two-point conversion decides the goddamn game because you want to do a two-point conversion for the third overtime. Play the game for the 25-yard line. Let the team figure it out. Two yards means nothing at this point. That's um, my New Year's. College football, go back to where you – why'd you have to ruin the tradition? Go back to it. Bones. <laughs> Boom. Where's my mic drop? Right here. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> um. Let me think. I think mine um, would be this. I hope the uh, PGA Tour allows the live players to play in some of their events. Um, I, 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 think that needs, I think that needs to come back. I, I think that needs to be discussed. I think it needs to happen. Um, it's kind of hurting the game of the professional level of golf, in my opinion. Um, you know, you're losing guys like Brooks Kepka and uh, Cameron Smith and you know, coveted Phil Mickelson, um, you know, That's so it pulls the, yeah, it pulls the viewer away and I'm not asking them to like, you know, like you don't have to allow them in every event. Like that's fine. But like the pretty big events, like, you know, Arnold Palmer, like the API, the Bay Hill, um, you know, the players, um, even, um, it's the one out West that I'm thinking of Genesis, excuse me. Um, like allow them to come and play in that. Um, but also like, the PGA could figure out their money situation and kind of start like matching the live. So these players like they're, more. they're starting to on those bigger events now. Correct. I try. Correct. Um, but yeah, that would be my new year's resolution, I guess, for sporting wise, um, especially for golf. Like I like, you know, I think we need to see the competitive side of those big names back together, not just only in the major. Well, Masters already announced a couple weeks ago they're allowed to compete. Yeah. Well, the thing what, is, so my question, I'm gonna throw a question at you now. Since Augusta's already said that they're allowed to compete, there's no reason the other three majors will rule them out, will they? You think it's well, almost it's almost like a given that the other three are, are gonna allow it. If I'm not mistaken, um the open and US Open is ran by the USGA, not the PGA. So they will US allow... Opens, US Opens, USGA, Opens, RNA. Okay, so them two will most likely allow the live players. They won't really care. They've. They, I don't think that's ever really been in discussion. Now, the PGA Championship is, I guess, the one more in discussion because, obviously, it's owned by the PGA. So right. that would be it, but, like, also, like, if you kind of had to rank your majors, like the PGA is your ugly it's stepsister. Is, yep, is the fourth out of the four. Yeah. Um, 
like there's been some battles there but like everybody knows the masters like that's the coveted one like the u.s open like you're gonna have treacherous conditions in terms of um you know the the land and then the opens the open like one of the oldest majors out there um you know uh so yeah i i yes I, to answer your question yes all four will most likely probably allow it i think the pga is going to need to figure out a way like i said to get these players um willing to come and play in their events so yeah i think it's a fair assessment i think it'll be interesting the biggest thing now is if live gets world golf ranking points if that happens it's a wrap for the pga like they won't have a choice but to kind of start co-sponsoring stuff correct yeah i agree i i i don't know it's going to be interesting the way it kind of plays out um that's for sure so we'll see how it comes out because uh the ne- there's a big event i think believe this week um the century open i think it is like that's yeah yeah i think the centuries this week so it's it's starting to come back like some big names are playing in it so all right and golf's back in full swing football's at the pinnacle starting to Hopefully we'll get some Dallas Cowboy demise like we always do. That'd be nice. You know, I'm just begging. All right, Joe. What was your synopsis? You're officially the final whistle. How did your episode go? First one. Oh, it was incredible. I know you've been on the show. You've been on the show way too many times. So, like, this isn't, like, your first episode, but still. (laughs) No, it was a blast, man. We had a great time. Uh, Good discussions all over. You may disagree. You may agree. But we're all going to love each other in the end. So, and uh, as always, you know, we got to say it, but T's and P's out to, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills and uh, Hamlin out there and his family and shit like that. So, uh, you know, make sure you keep him in your prayers. That's for sure. Without question. And uh, remind me to send you your, your your merch out to you, all right? I keep forgetting. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you can that. send uh, the payroll at my Venmo too as well, right? All right, all right. I'll I'll expect you my surcharge fee in about 20 minutes. (laughs) All right, everybody. This was Blaine Spencer, Joe Ciccoletti of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast signing off. Everybody enjoy your week. We'll see you next week.